If you're still wavering back and forth to go to school or not to go to school in September, this episode is for you. I am taking you behind the scenes into my own decision-making process for my children, and I'm really excited to share the process that we went through in hopes that it will help you in your decision-making process. to the Gap Year Podcast, where we explore the who, what, where, when, and why of Gap Years. It's real people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful Gap Year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your Gap Year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident Gap Year expert. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer and I am your host and Gap Year expert. Today's episode is a little different. I'm bringing you inside a piece of my life because I know so many of you are still working through all of the options for September. And if you're like our family, it feels like we've been doing this since last June and it's exhausting and overwhelming. So I thought it might be helpful for me to share our family's process in making the decision about what we're going to do with our daughter with you. Now, full disclosure, uh, while all of my professional life has been with adolescents and early adults, uh, we're looking at a kindergartner in my house. So before you roll your eyes and turn this off and think this is not relevant, I really want you to stick with me because there is more in common than you might think initially off the bat. So moving from being in daycare and at home into kindergarten is a huge point of transition in somebody's life. Same way moving from high school into post-secondary is a big point of transition. It's entering into a whole new phase of life. It's um, stepping into a new school. It's stepping into a new routine with new people and new ways of finding support and different systems that you need to learn and new ways of learning the way that you learn at home or the way that you learn in high school or the way that you learn in kindergarten and the way that you learn in university or college they're all going to be different so I think that those things are so strong in the way that we look at this transition and hopefully my experience can help you. Now I can probably add some more similarities like uh, mood swings from kids, um, students missing their parents in this transition, that drive for more independence also comes up in both of these scenarios. And uh, let's not forget parents crying when they drop off their kid at this experience. Um, that, that transition for parents is equally challenging um, in, in letting go and watching their, their young person um, continue to grow and thrive and develop into the next phase of their life. So mamas and papas of teenagers out there, I feel ya. So if you are still struggling, uh, I hope that our process and our story is helpful to you. 
This is really not meant to be an episode that's going to sway your decision one way or another. It's not inviting judgment. It's simply our process and some questions that you can be asking your family to see if you can get your decision to become a little bit clearer as we kind of narrow in down to these last couple of weeks before classes are going to be starting in September. Now, if a gap year turns out to be the right thing for your family, I want you to know that I'm here to support you while you are on that gap year. Everything from goal setting and planning through to executing and getting a certificate for your growth and development. And we also have a real kick butt community of people who are on a similar journey to you. And I really don't want you to miss out on that. So drop out a lot, drop me a line or check out our website if in the end it does come down to the decision that uh, a gap year is in the cards for you. But let's go back to our process as a family. So looking at our kindergartner and September, the first thing we wanted to do was really understand what we wanted our daughter to get out of her first school experience. So for us, kindergarten is really about play-based learning about learning to share, to take turns, be social, follow instructions, um, learning through outdoor time, music, physical activity. And now that we know a little bit more about what the plan is, some of that's still possible, but much of it really isn't. So for you, I would really like you to think about the post-secondary experience as a whole. What are you hoping to get out of the time at school? Are you looking at this as a checkbox of academic learning? Are you looking to get those credits and just check that box? Yes, yes, yes. Are you looking forward to just moving forward in your degree and getting those things behind you so you can get on with the rest of your life? If that is, great. Maybe you're looking forward to meeting new people or moving away from home or fresh week or being on campus. And I really want you to think about it as a whole. So if COVID disappeared, what are the things that you were hoping to get out of your post-secondary experience in that first year? Make a list, put them all down on paper. The second step for us was to look at our daughter's personality and what does she need this year? We see her really needing to socialize with kids that are not her sister and to start to learn new things like reading and writing. She is so curious. So we really wanted her to get exposure to new topics and to bring back routine that we've kind of lost over the course of being um, isolated at home. Now, we also know that she is a rule follower to a fault. And she would basically lose her mind in a classroom trying to police that nobody is sharing toys, that the kids aren't talking to each other, they're not getting too close. And she'd really be stressed out by all of the rules and probably spend 90% of her time tattling on the other kids. Um, And I really don't think that she would be comfortable to naturally interact with these kids given the restrictions that were in place. Now, she's also four years old and emotionally needy, like most four-year-olds are. And so the idea of teachers not being able to give her a hug if she fell down, that just didn't really sit well with us. But above all this, what we wanted for her, for her as a human, for her as a person, 
is we want her to love school. She doesn't know what school is really like, and this would have been her first exposure to it, and we really didn't want to taint her entire primary school perception. We long for her to be excitedly welcomed into a class with songs and carpet squares and water tables and balls to play with, rather than a routine of taking her temperature and teaching her to be cautious of other children and being greeted by teachers in masks. So for you, I want you to take some time to look at yourself if you're the student or uh, invite your parents or if you're the parent, look at your child and see what parts of their personality or your personality really needs to be fed right now. Look at, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Where are you going to be able to recharge your batteries best? Um, Do you have the ability to motivate yourself and to push yourself? Are you curious and hungry for learning? Check in with your mental health. What do you need? Do you need that routine to come back? Do you need that certainty there? Do you need, um, are you feeling overwhelmed by new processes? Really think about what will fill you up and what will get you excited. But similar to kindergarten being the first exposure, I want you to really think that this will be your first exposure to post-secondary. And how will this experience impact how you show up for the rest of your post-secondary experience? Now, this is all a little bit hypothetical, but I want you to think about it. Will you get so accustomed to the online learning and then opt not to return back to campus when it's safe? And does that feel good? Do you struggle? um, Oh, sorry. If you struggle this year because the learning is online and that's maybe not your strength, will you have the confidence and stamina to try again next semester or next year? Or will that throw you off altogether? So how will this first year experience shape the rest of your years in higher education? The third step for us was to look at what was being offered by the school. So our school board just released their list today and we went down our list of what we wanted her to get out of school and what she needed to get out of school for her personality and we made a tally of all the things that she would get by going to school and all of the things that she would miss out on given the limitations that COVID has imposed. And when we looked at that list, it was about half and half split down the middle. So we looked at the list again, and this time we looked at it with an alternative scenario. And the alternative scenario that we created was building a pod of families that would bubble together and provide a communal school-like experience. So much smaller, much more intimate, um, and just with our families. And with this scenario, we were able to check off almost all of our hopes for our daughter. But this brought up another step. And we then looked at, with this new scenario, what were we going to be losing out by doing this? So on theory, it sounds great and magical and we can check all of those boxes. But in shifting our plan, we'd have to figure some other things out. So this new plan requires one of the adults to be at home to do our part in this communal bubble. And what would that mean for our family from a financial perspective? And what would that mean for our careers if we had to take this time away? 
We also had to look at a new set of risk factors um, and benefits that had arisen. So what added risks from COVID were we introducing by bubbling with other families? Or how would we navigate when a student or one of the kids in our bubble got sick for this entire year? Uh, there's lots and lots of things that we had to reevaluate. So now for you, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to go down your list of what you hope to get out of this year and what you as a human being need to get out of this year and see which of those things can be achieved by going back to school. Now, after you've gone down that list and, and see which ones you can check off, see if that list feels good. If it does, great. Head back to school and do it with enthusiasm and excitement and you will rock it. If it doesn't, take a look at the list again. This time, I want you to look through the list um, as if you were delaying your studies by one year. So now, which of the elements are possible? Which elements become impossible this year, but you could do them next year? So things like Frosh Week or residence. And think about what additional risk factors come up if you choose the gap year model. And looking at that, really step back and think about how does that feel? Does that feel better or worse than the school model? So the final step was to really envision what the year would look like with our new plan of building this small community bubble. And this was the trickiest part. We had been looking forward to and thinking about, talking about, and practicing walking to school, packing a lunch, meeting new friends. And now that wasn't part of our plan in the same way anymore. We had to pivot and to change our ideas of what September and beyond were going to look like. So even though it will definitely look different, we had to make a conscious effort to think of this as an opportunity to do something different and a way to give our daughter a positive experience. So it's a heck of a lot more work than simply sending her to school uh, because we have to change the way we're going to show up on a daily basis. We're going to have to work to plan activities. We're going to be dealing with different types of setbacks like sickness and closing in our bubble. Um, challenging conversations with the other families in our bubble. And we have to put in the effort for this plan to be the right one for our family. And more than anything, this could not be truer of your decision as well. So option A to go back to school in a very oversimplified version, you pay your tuition, someone will send you a login, you'll probably get some sort of online orientation and away you go. Somebody else is providing you the steps and the guidelines and the requirements. So it's relatively simple. You just follow somebody else's lead. Option B, you're in the driver's seat. You have to make the decisions of how you will be spending your time. You'll need to look forward and really get creative on what this year could look like. And without this planning, your time, your energy, your whole next year, could be spent maintaining your nocturnal state of lots of Netflix and uh, lots of bowls of cereal and baking bread and walking the dog. And it will take more work than simply signing up for school. But the advantage is you are in control of how you're fulfilling what you want to get out of your pandemic year. 
So go back to your list and look at different ways that you could fulfill that list, that you could check all of those boxes of the things that you want and need out of this year. And I bet with some creative thinking that you can check off every single one of those boxes, even the university credits one. But doing it in a way that's meaningful to you, that is appropriate to your circumstances and to the goals that you have set for yourself. Now, don't get me wrong, if you sign up to go to university or college, you will also need to do lots of planning because you're human and not a robot, and you can't sit in front of a computer for 12 hours a day just studying. So make sure you think about the things that you will do to supplement your time at school that would have normally been filled by things like intramural sports or hanging out in residence or studying at the library. Uh, There are so many hours in a day that will need to be filled regardless of being a student or choosing to go on a gap year. So the planning part of your year, I'm going to say it again, is so important. You need to have some idea of what you are going to get up to on your year. It's important to have something to look forward to. Our daughter was looking forward to playing outside in the kindergarten playground, but now she's looking forward to going over to her friend's house once a week to hang out and to learn. So we didn't just strip away one thing and leave her hanging. We provided her with an exciting alternative, which has helped with her, her with this transition. She knows what's coming and it's exciting, but it's also comforting. We're human beings. Having some stability is exciting and comforting. And I know so many of you out there right now are really yearning for that stability. And by doing that planning now, you can put that in place even if you're on a gap year. It's also important to plan so you don't miss out on anything. Knowing what your options are means that you won't look back with regret. You won't let this year pass by. So we don't want you to miss out on our gap year frosh week. But if you're not looking for things to do right now, you might miss it. We don't want you to miss out on all of these organizations who are doing amazing fall trips around Canada. But if you're not ready to plan, then you'll miss them. And we definitely don't want you to lose out on the fall jobs. But if right now you're not looking for work, somebody else is and those things will get snapped up. So there's going to be lots of time throughout the year to pick up and to start planning, but let's put our best foot forward and get that under our belt right now so we can be comforted, we can have some stability, and we can be excited about something moving forward. For all of us, we need to move past being the victim of a global pandemic. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it's hard. And yes, a lot of things are not ideal and not within our control. But COVID has shown that it is not going away anytime soon. So we need to really find a way to reclaim our power over it and to move ourselves forward, either by getting on with our studies or choosing to do it differently. I know that planning forward can be a challenge and it can feel very overwhelming, especially if you're doing something for the first time, like planning your life in a pandemic. So if you decide to plan a gap year, Now, unlike my planning of uh, JKers first year of homeschooling, planning a gap year is something that I have done for years and I have the tools and resources to help you on this journey. The reality is that gap year planning is not rocket science. 
I like to use the analogy of weight loss. Similar thing. We all know the principles. Eat fewer calories, expend more calories, and the weight comes off. But psychology shows us that with the support of a guide, with a roadmap to follow, we're just simply going to be more successful. That's why programs like Weight Watchers exist, and there are so many people participating in these programs. Following along in a tried, tested, and true model with people who live and breathe what you struggle with and know that knowing that there's others out there who are on a similar journey is so reassuring. And to be honest, the results are better too. I want to help families on this journey. So I put my experience from 10 years of working with families on gap year planning into an online toolkit that families can work through at their own pace. It'll take about 20 hours total if you put in the work and have conversations and do all the research that we suggest. And once you have access to that toolkit, you can also jump into my office hours every week. So you can get direct feedback on your plan or individualized suggestions of other things that you could get up to on your gap year. There's a handy workbook, some videos, and some really fun activities that will make sure that your gap year planning process is easier. If you follow the steps in the toolkit and make use of all the resources that are there, you will save yourself lots of stress, oodles of time, and probably even some money. So it's a great investment in your gap year to set yourself up right from the beginning. The 200 bucks it takes to register will pay dividends when you are actually enjoying the planning process and when you find scholarships or government subsidized programs that are much more financially accessible or even when you connect with resources that you didn't even know existed. So if you're interested, you can head to our website and see a little bit more about the program and get some access at www.cangap.ca slash courses. We'll also put that link in the show notes so you can just click right through, but it is a phenomenal way to get your planning process kickstarted. But also don't forget to follow us on social media. We're always posting new ideas, tips and tricks, different opportunities that are popping up. And there are so many popping up these days as everybody is getting organized for the fall. So for example, right now we are in about day 31 of posting a new gap year program or experience every single day. And these are all COVID friendly options, all things that are actually happening this year. So don't worry if you tuned into this episode a little bit later or um, you want to go back and see some of the other pieces that we have posted. They're all being stored on our IG stories. Uh, We've got a whole highlight reel um, that you can tap into and go back and see what you might have missed. And I almost forgot uh, to mention that I did give you a little teaser. We are having a gap year frosh week this year. Uh, What an amazing way to launch your gap year. Uh, You are not missing out on anything if you hit this. This is going to be so amazing. We've got some incredible speakers coming out, some contests, some prizes, lots of fun workshops. um, And it's just going to be absolutely such a blast. And you'll get to see a whole bunch of other people who are on a similar journey to you. So if you want to kick off your gap year in style, this is definitely the place to do it. And you can get that information at gapyearfrosh.com. And you can get your ticket to that event happening mid-September. 
But to bring it back to the topic at hand, uh, our family did tons of thinking, uh, tons of scenario planning, and we've landed on a solution to the imposed pandemic changes that we are all excited about. So is it perfect? Absolutely not. Will things change over the course of this year? Definitely 100% for sure. Is our decision right for the JKR that lives next door to us? Probably not. But you know what? It's right for us. We've looked at all of the factors. Having made this decision, I feel so much more at peace and my family and I can start planning our year. We can start looking forward to our year. And we feel that we are doing what's right for our daughter and her future. And I can only hope that you are going to get to a place where you're in the same situation. That your plan for September 2020 is going to be the one that you feel at peace with. The one that's right for you given the information that you have and the experience you want to have. And when you find that sense of peace you're in such a great place. If I can be any of any support on your journey to making that decision, please don't hesitate to reach out cangap.ca slash call and we will make a 30-minute free consultation available to you to help you in this decision-making process. So until next time, please remember to keep on adventuring.